this Sunday of the month because it's uh, the third Sunday of the month where we have dinner. So I saw this this week, a little thing on pastoring. <clears throat> so there's a few little pictures there. Oh, let me see if I can make this thing. What my friends think, I do. It's you always hear that. Oh, what do you do all day? I play golf, of course. Uh, what my mother thinks I do. What society thinks I do. I'll tell you what, there's, there's other ways to do that. Uh, what my congregation thinks I do. That's, uh, I think that's KFC time. What I think I do is quite apt. And what I really do, and that is uh, cleaning the church toilets. Um, so I don't know which is the most apt. But I also saw this on, on Facebook this week, which is really, really cool. I like that. Look at that. So apparently one heart was there. So there's the evidence right there. So I thought that was really cool. So this, uh, you know, if you are here with us and, and you're new to One Heart Church, I want to give you a really, really good welcome. If you saw us doing things that you're not used to in church, that's our expression of how we do church and that's uh, just... Uh, our, our uh, style, I guess, of church. So hopefully you can feel comfortable with that and enjoy uh, the Word of God this morning with us. Also, it's um, Rose Glade's birthday today. She is 22. It's great to have you here on your 22nd birthday. See uh... But I want to I share this morning from the Word of God, so hopefully that's okay. It's a novel thing to do to, to use the Bible in church, I think. be a good way to start. But in Isaiah 62, I think I've got it here for you as well. Isaiah, no, where are we? Yes, Isaiah 62, 2, the second part. And this is, this is uh, prophecies being spoken. And you'll be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. You'll be given a new name. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1 says a good name is better than fine perfume uh, and, and I think it goes on to talk about uh, treasure or value and Proverbs 22 verse 1 says a good name is better than wealth so um, just by the way this week like, I, I'm really starting to get addicted to Facebook and I still haven't got my own Facebook thing yet I, I'll use Pauline and Rob but she doesn't like that because no one knows whether she's answering or me. You can tell? That's scary. That might blow my cover. But I, I did a personality uh, thing the other day that, that what country best suits your personality? And I'm like, yeah, USA, here we come. So, okay, just... Who would think my personality would be USA? Who thinks it would be Poland? No? Italy? Yeah, oh, I've got a few. Well, actually, I, I don't know if I should tell you. I got India. <laughs> Can you believe it? I like curry, yeah. It just goes to show you sometimes we think we know ourselves, but really we don't. Oh, jolly me. But talking about a good name. So products, people, businesses, 
uh, brands of car, they can have a bad name. Have you ever, have you ever heard of somebody and you know, talking to people and you, you hear of, of an individual and the comment can be made, they've got a bad name. Or you might find sometimes you're looking at a car and you're thinking, well, I've never heard of this, this type of car before. And you ask around and you, you look on, on Facebook or Google or whatever and it'll have a bad name. So there's something really important about having a good name. So God often changed people's names in the Bible when he got hold of them or when he had a purpose for their lives that was bigger than what they thought, he got hold of them and he changed their name. And in fact, we are promised a new name as believers in heaven. Uh, Revelation 2.17, in the last uh, uh, book of the Bible, it says that everyone, basically, who's redeemed, all the believers, will receive a new name in heaven, and they get a, it says it will be engraved on a, on a white stone. That might sound, oh, that's real you know, exciting. But, but I think it, it'll, it, it's indicative of, of something that God wants to do in our lives today, as well as, you know, because we sometimes think, well, it's all about heaven, it's all about way out there, it's all about, the, you know, I'll get my life right later, and in the meantime, I'll just, you know, carry on. But God wants us to start to understand that these things that may be reserved in heaven are for us to enjoy today. And start living in now. So when God changes a name, it signifies a change of character and a call to something better. Something that God has in mind for your life. And we, we need to try and understand and grapple with and go after that better plan that God has. So we have an enemy, we call him the devil. And he wants to block you from that name. He wants to block you from your future. He wants to stand in the way and, and restrict you discovering what God has in mind for your life. John chapter 2, uh, sorry, John chapter 10, 10. And um, I started my whole message on this and then, and then I actually ditched it. And then early this morning, at 5 o'clock this morning, I put it back in again. So I thought, oh, you know, because I think I come back to this scripture all the time. I think, oh, I've got to move away. But it says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. And I have come, that they, this is Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the thief wants to steal your identity that Jesus wants to give you. And I, I've often, I guess, preached about the, and heard it preached a lot and I've used this myself, where I concentrate on the thief, the baddie. He wants to steal, he wants to kill, he wants to destroy. So everything bad comes from him. But I want us to, to really concentrate on Jesus Christ who wants to come and give you life. He wants to give you something. And we need to learn how to receive from God. How to receive those good things. And it's not that, that, that you're not being humble or that you're not being gracious if you receive good things from God. Because the good things you receive from God make you a better person and mean that you can make a better difference in the world. So we're not all about having church inside a, you know, a building on Sundays. That's, that's just where we learn, where we encourage each other, where we get built up, where we worship and break down strongholds in heavenly places so that we can go out and be more effective. That's what we're here to do, is to be a, an effective change agent in the world. So the thief wants to steal, kill and destroy the, the identity that God wants to give you. 
I almost said that in American accent because I've got that USA personality. Even Thailand would have been better, wouldn't it? But there is something special when we have an opportunity for a new start. I mean, that's why we love the new year. I mean, I do anyway, because I'm thinking, well, everyone will forget the mistakes I made last year. But while we often resist change because we find security in predictability, we find security in, in our, um, uh, what's the right, familiarity, in the things that we're familiar with. Uh, changes, though, are the spark that keeps us growing. If you don't change you know, things around you or, or things don't change around your life, then pretty much... It's, this is really deep. If you don't change things around you, you stay the same. Duh. But change is the, are the spark that keeps us growing. And, and as we started the year with prayer and fasting this year, the word that, gave, that, that I felt the Holy Spirit was giving our church is grow. That's not, not just a, a thing for our church. Numerically, it's a thing for us spiritually to grow in our spirits. And to be able to do that, we have to shake off some of the old things. It's like, um, like snakes and lizards and caterpillars and all that. They've got to shed their skin so that they can grow into something else, something fresher, something newer. But if you have ever changed occupation, I'm not saying you know, change, you know, if you're, you're an accountant, you change firms or, or if you're a plumber, you change companies you work for. I'm talking about if you've changed occupation where you've gone from going down one um, occupational stream and totally change and go down another. I mean, it'd be like if you're a cop and you became a robber. It's like you're going down a totally different thing and you know how not to get caught. That's a bad, that's a bad illustration. But if, if you've ever been in that, that stage of life where you've, you've had a total life change, where you've, you, you've, been, you know, you've been in a career, that's the right word I'm trying to think of, you've been in a career, but then suddenly you, you feel that that's no longer satisfactory or, or maybe sometimes things change without your, your will and you find yourself doing something that you didn't really want to do, but you've, you've had a, a life change. Or maybe you've moved to another country and you sense a combination of being scared and happy. Scared because you don't know what to expect in, in, any, in any of these situations in life. You can, you can be scared but happy at the same time. Scared of the unknown and happy because you're stepping into something new, something fresh. And we grow spiritually in environments that motivate us to change. And that, you, know, you might think, why are they always changing things around here? Because it, it's, it's a subtle way of always keeping the church on its toes. And so don't come and cry to me if the chairs are moved around. Don't, don't, I'm not going to be that sympathetic if you think, well, you change the colour of a wall again or you've, you've, you've moved the stage around. They're all just subtle things because they help us to stay in that atmosphere of change. You know, the, 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 the greatest, um, I, I guess, barrier to growth is staying the same. Everyone say that, staying the same. A barrier to growth is staying the same because what happens when you stay the same, you stay the same. But we can be scared of the unknown 
And if you're here today and perhaps you're contemplating going into something new, then I hope that this year you can go on the process of change with God. Now, we need to be aware that we're all on a process, a journey. And we can go on that process or that journey with God and grow and get better or we stay somewhere limited or we actually regress. That means go backwards in big language. So it's human nature to want to stay where it is comfortable, to settle where it's predictable and live life in the relative safety in that. And as the saying goes, better the devil you know. Ever heard that saying? I'll just stay where I am. Better the devil I know. Well, if you're a Christian, it's better the devil you don't know. Get to know Jesus better than the devil. So we, we, we have all these sayings in our language, which are awesome kind of sayings, but we've got to realise that, that we don't need to know that devil. We need to know a saviour. He's Jesus who wants to lift us beyond all the, 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 the things that the devil wants to live, limit us with. Fear of change keeps people in places that aren't good. That was me when I did my first speech in India. <laughs> but fear, sorry, sorry, no, change is good for us. Change is good for us. So when, when we think of that, the window dressing change is not what we need. So, uh, I mean, I mentioned, you know, why we change things in church, but that is realistically just window dressing. It doesn't actually change us spiritually. It's just window dressing. It, it's, a, it's a physical expression that, hey, we don't want to be the same all the time. But um, we can wear different clothes. We can put on makeup. John. Or, or actually, that should have been for Sean. <laughs> but we, we, sorry, that was not, that wasn't nice. But window dressing is not what we really need. You know, putting on makeup, changing our clothes, uh, having a new hairstyle. You know, I knew a guy who was who was going bald. It's true. That's <laughs> a true story. He was going bald and he came to me with his brochure one day and he said, oh, have a look at this brochure. And, and the man said to me, I'm going to get a new personality. And it, was like, it was like a hair place, you know, to help you to grow your hair back. And he said that, that uh, in his hair treatment, and I've read the brochure and it said that you'll get a new personality after their treatment. When your hair grows back, you'll have a new personality. It's like, let me tell you something. Let, let, let's get this. Put Write these notes down. If you're an introverted, bald person, you'll be a shy, hairy person. I haven't got a PowerPoint for that, but... In Genesis 17, verse 5, a man called Abram became Abraham. Because God changed his name for a destiny that God had in mind for him. In Genesis 32 verse 28, Jacob, a man, became Israel because of God's destiny that he had for him. God renamed them to change their destiny. 
See, the devil seeks to label people. I'll give you an example. In the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel and his three friends had names that were given to them from birth as their Hebrew names, and then they were captured and taken to a, a, a place called Babylon, which represents everything evil and everything wrong with the world. And the king of Babylon renamed them with his names. And that, I think that's a display of what, what we're born with is, is something, a nature, a, a potential that God has put within you. And the devil wants to say, well, I'm going to screw all that up and muck it all up and, and make you go through life in such a way that you'll never, ever see that potential. But I want to tell you today, with Jesus Christ in your spirit, you can achieve more than you could ever imagine. But you've got to shake off the label of what the king of Babylon wants to put on you or what the devil wants to put on you. See, when, uh, with God, it's not just a name change, it's an identity change. Tell yourself, I'm no longer who I was. Tell yourself. And I'm not who I'm going to be. You're not who you're going to be. So with God, you're always on a journey of process, a development of life that Jesus wants to take you on. So I'm just going to digress for a little bit and just, just throw this one. You've heard this saying before, all that glitters isn't gold. I, li I like to put it this way, it's the, 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 the Rob version. Not everything that comes in a tube is toothpaste. Sometimes we might think that it is. Well, it came in a tube. It must be toothpaste. But you put deep heat there, it, does, it, it hurts. <clears throat> but think of a name called Judas. If I use that name here today, already people will think straight away something about that name. See, the Judas, who was a disciple of Jesus, actually, he was the only one listed as having any responsibility among the disciples. Did you realise that? None of the other disciples had, a, had, a, had an office, had, had, a, had a title. He, it says in, uh, here we are, John chapter 12, verse 6, um, we see his title. It just says, not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. So the only disciple who was given a responsibility as such and was, was mentioned in the Bible is Judas as the treasurer. I mean... And here's Jesus who chooses a treasurer who can't be trusted. Isn't that amazing? Tell you what, you'd cook the pastor if he did that. But all that glitters isn't gold. He was a disciple of Jesus, walking with Jesus every day for, for, for a number of years. And a man who spent so much time with Jesus but earns a bad name. And so I want to tell you today, church is, is really important and, and something we need to identify with as a body. We need to say, oh, I'm part of this body that we call church and, and whether it's perfect or whether it's not, I'm not going to debate all that because wherever there's people, you're going to, ha you're going to have imperfections. But we, we need to realise that God wants to, to take us through beyond all those things and understand his will and his purpose for our lives. So being in church doesn't automatically mean that we're going to be good people. Because we go to church because we want to be with other believers. We want to be with Christians. We want to grow in our spirit. We want to grow in our faith. We have all those, those reasons why. But as we see with Judas, he's a man who spent so much time in the very presence of Jesus 
but he earned a bad reputation and he had a bad name. So saying, oh, I belong to One Heart Church or I go to that or I'm a, I'm a this or I'm a that doesn't really doesn't matter. What matters is you allow Jesus to in, infiltrate the actions and the attitudes of your heart so that you gain a good reputation and you have a good name. So this Judas, the devil tempted him into loving treasures. He took money for his own use and his name, we know, is synonymous with betrayal. I'll give you a little hunting story. Uh, when they want to cull goats, maybe Jeff, he might know this story, but when they want to cull goats, sometimes in national parks, they'll get a, a goat and they'll put a collar on its neck with a, with a tracking collar and then they'll release it back into the wild and it will go and find the other goats because that's what goats like to do. Here's a big word. They're gregarious animals like Christians. Gregarious means you, you hang around with others of the same. You ever heard that word before? You come to church and find out. So, so they let this, this, this goat go and, and, and then they, it'll lead the rangers to, to where the rest of the mob is and it's called a Judas goat because it's a betrayer. It tells, tells the rangers where the goats are hiding. I don't know why I, got, I had to share that but it's really, I thought, wow, I love those stories. But his name is synonymous with betrayal but it gets worse because... When Judas heard there was money in giving up Jesus, he took the money. So beware of what your heart is soft to. It will entice you and deceive you. Beware of what your heart is soft to because it will entice you and deceive you. See, Judas took the money and gave up Jesus. Can you think of that? And I did a little, little, you know, a little bit of research called Google and, and wanted to find out what, what 30, it was 30 pieces of silver that Judas chose to give up Jesus. And you know, in some, some forums, it's, it's, it's like up to $8,000. In some, it's a, it's a few hundred dollars. You know, the, the, the issue isn't really how much, but it really wasn't enough to give up your eternal life in God for some money. So Judas took the money and he gave up Jesus. Judas, a disciple of Jesus, yet never understood who Jesus really was. And I mean, the question I have is, how cheap do, do we give up on Jesus? That's such a sad thing, but it's a question we need to ask ourselves. God, am I giving up on you because of you know, just the things that, that I'm putting my, my focus upon? because of the things that I'm putting my treasures into. You know, the Bible says, it doesn't say where your heart is there, you'll put your treasure. It says where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. So you need to discover putting your treasure in the right place because that is where your heart's going to really be. So I don't want to get too deep in all that. But if we can learn any, anything from, from Judas, that we're designed by God for growth and to be mature. And to have a relationship with Jesus Christ for who he is. So don't trade in spiritual security for what glitters in your hand. Is this making sense to you right now? I'm going too deep for myself. Don't trade in spiritual security for what glitters in your hand. So Jesus wants an intimacy, a trust with you that consistently changes you and grows you. And in that process, we gain a good name. 
Because I know we all want a good name. We want a good reputation. We want to be known for the right things. But I'll tell you what is the most important place to be known is to have your name written in heaven so that you have a good reputation with God. So that you have a right reputation with, with heaven. And we're going to show you how you do that in a sec. But when we hear that, we often think we have to impress God somehow. I know I did this. And I was, I was trying to impress God, trying to be good. And my biggest thing was I'll try not to swear today. And, and I'll, I'll, I'd get to like lunchtime and think, oh boy, I think I've sweared. I think I've said some bad words. But the importance of communion that we had earlier, it reminds us to focus on what Jesus has done for us, not what we are doing for him. I'm not saying don't do anything for God because you know, we, we confuse everything that, that, that comes to the, to the things of God. But I believe that when we, when we understand what Jesus has done for us, our salvation is assured, our sins are forgiven, our brokenness is healed. All those things happen when we come to Jesus and ask him to be our saviour. But then we don't then have to say, well, now, God, I'm going to prove to you that I love you by looking how, how good I can work. It's not about that. We want to do those acts of service unto God and unto his body because the first and primary purpose is because we love God. Because we love Jesus. It's a love relationship that is necessary for effective service. To, to gain a good name in heaven is to love Jesus first. Because Jesus' plan is to empower you for a purpose to take you out of the saw, uh, sorry, to take you out of the straw and the sawdust things of life and uncover the gold and the pearls and the precious gems that, that, that are left behind when you go through the fire. You know, sometimes life can be like going through a fire. Why is this going on? Why does this happen to me? Why am I the only one who struggles? Why am I the only one who, who has to battle through things? You know, it's because what's going to be left in you is, is the gold and the precious gems and the, the wood, hay and the stubble gets burnt and left behind. Ephesians 3.16, Paul says this, he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And I never want to underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to help us walk through the journey of life. You know, some people think that, that it's uh, uh, just about being able to speak in other languages, speaking in tongues, as we call it. I believe in that. I speak in tongues and I encourage everyone to be baptised in the Holy Spirit and have that heavenly language. But there's much more to it than that. There's a glorious, unlimited resource that He will empower you with inner strength through that Spirit. Yeah, we need to have an inner strength, a conviction that only comes from God that says, I can stand in all situations surrounded by lions and still have my faith. Because I know that the, the, the testing of our faith purifies us. So the truth is we are made into who God wants us to be through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Everything that, that I want to bring to you today is let's bring it always back to Jesus Christ and what he did. Because I tell you, it is so, so easy a trap to get caught in thinking, but, but I'm good. And what we always love to do is, but, I, but I'm good because I've got to be better than her. I've got to be. And we love to do that because it's called self-justification. Zephaniah 3 verse 20. I never even knew there was a book of Zephaniah. It says, on that day, 
This is talking about a prophetic voice to the future. I will gather you together and bring you home again. And one of the great uh, keys I think we have in One Heart Church and why we call ourselves One Heart is because God wants to gather together his body. He wants to gather together people and have a sense of home, a sense of belonging, a sense of family. And it's prophesied there in Zephaniah 3.20. On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. See, God has a promise for what is to come. A connection with people. uh, A connection with people and the Holy Spirit that brings things together with a new name. I said that during our prayer and fasting as well, I said that that, we, we, I guess, have suffered with a bad reputation or the church in general has suffered with a bad reputation. But it's time that we be the people of God that start to rewrite that reputation that start to correct those sorts of things. And, and unfortunately, the church has been known for some of the, some horrible things, things that are unnecessary and things that are shameful for anybody to have hung on their name. It goes on to say, I will give you a good name, a name of distinction among all the nations of the earth as I restore your fortunes before their very eyes. See, God has a promise for it, for what is to come. See, and when God renames, He has a purpose and a life change in mind. It's not just a label that, that you can put on. God wants to make you aware of that. As I said in Revelation, right, where we started, a white stone with a name on it that is reserved just for you. And you know what? We can start to live saying, God, I want to live according to that name. It says that no one else will understand that what name is except for that person who receives it. Something incredibly personal. Something incredibly valuable. But you are birthed by God. When you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's at that point of revelation that defines the future with God's purposes in mind. Because God has a purpose for every person. My personal conviction is that, that God has a, has a purpose for every single human being that has ever lived, is ever living, and ever will live. And that's why Jesus Christ came. Because He wanted to connect people back to God. You're not who you think you are. You are who God says you are. And we need to say, Holy Spirit, will you help me? Why don't we stand together this morning? Holy Spirit, why don't you help me to understand who you say I am? Help me to know the the things that that have been separated from me in my life. I want to pray for people this morning and really believe that as I pray, that the Holy Spirit is going to begin to minister to people's hearts, begin to unravel some things, begin to show some uh, some areas that the Holy Spirit wants to come and, and touch your life with. Because I know there's people here today and perhaps you've really struggled with your spiritual identity. Because the enemy wants to keep you away from that identity. He, he wants to keep you oblivious to that identity. 
know some people you might be thinking, well, I'm okay because I go to this church or I belong to that church. I've got a label on me. You know, church labels can be deceptive too. We need to say the highest label that I want is people see that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And I have my, my name written in heaven, not a label on my door. We're gonna, I want to pray for people that you understand that that new name that Jesus has reserved for you is for you, to, for you to live in now, to live in this life. And I guess, you know, that, you know, it could be lots of things. I don't even want to speculate, but, but it could be that, that God wants you to be a person that's known for grace. Perhaps it could be that God wants you to be a, a, a person to be known for kindness, a person who's known for generosity, a person who, who's known for comforting others, a person who's known for, for you know, any number of good qualities that God has inside of you that you've got to minister out of. And then that day when, when Jesus is giving out those white, those white stones, you just say, thank you, Jesus, because you saw that in me when maybe I didn't even see it in myself. I'm going to pray for you this morning. And if, if you want to be included in this prayer, I'll just ask you to raise your hand and say yes. Perhaps you've got an identity problem and you're thinking, I need to understand my identity today. Raise your hand up nice and high. No one's going to judge you or, or wonder what you've got your hand up for. But I want to pray and believe with you today that the Holy Spirit is going to do something significant in your life today. So Holy Spirit, we just pray for that awakening to come. Lord, for that new, that new name to be established within our spirits, within our heart, that we may understand your call, that we may understand your purpose today. Lord, we just want to, as we have our hands raised, we want to go on that journey of change. Lord, I pray that we may go from you know, maybe insecurities to knowing our securities in you. I just ask, Lord God, that whatever hand is raised here today and what that may represent for, the, for each individual person, Lord, that you know that cry that they have in their heart. You know that desire they have. And God, I know that you never disappoint those who turn to you and ask for your help. So Heavenly Father, I pray, pour out your Spirit upon us today. May we have that confidence that you are with us in every situation. We thank you and pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. See you here at five.